welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. Um, joining me this evening, I've got a, a interstellar steersman, um, highway lord, um, you know, better known as a musician, um, who plays in a, has been playing a really a awesome psychedelic uh, music uh, in the Milwaukee music scene for quite some time. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's played in the band Calliope. He also has a stoner rock band, Moon Rats. Um, he's got uh, the band, the space rock band, Astral Hand. Um, he's also played with um, Amanda Huff. He's played with Moss Folk. Um, I, I'm excited to talk to him about uh, his passions, his artistry, and why he does what he does. Um, he's uh, really set the mood here. Um, he's got a spooky... Uh, <laughs> Uh, culty looking um, uh, fireplace and, and uh, lights all set up like he's basically Halloween dude <laughs> man it's yeah I feel like I'm I'm I'll be initiated into some like desert cult uh, by the end of this and uh, I'm looking forward to it uh, why the fuck well, that's not? the goal <laughs> so Al thank you for joining me thanks for having me bud cheers brother um ooh. I I just cut my nails and opening a beer with no nails sucks. Uh, Dude, opening a beer with really long nails can be even worse. <laughs> you break yeah, one of those and you're you could be in big, big trouble. I don't know why that reminded me, but um I should probably shave soon too. Usually when it's time to cut my nails, it's time to shave too. Dude, you got it all synced up. Yeah, pretty much, man. The grooming, yeah, the grooming all kind of, um, I try to juxtapose the grooming, you know? <laughs> I wish I even knew what that was like, man. Hey, man. Well, I don't even have sideburns. Damn. <laughs> well, um, Al, how are you doing? How was your day today? It's been, um, it's been nice and productive. You know, I like got up, like I slept in until like 10 o'clock today. I, uh, I do social media management for Boone and Crockett and the Cooperage. Oh, yeah. So, like, just sat on my couch here and, like, put some Facebook events on and sent out some emails and shared some memories on Instagram. Went to the <laughs> I literally went to the hardware store three different times today. Um, what what what'd you, like, why the, the, the several trips – like, uh, did you keep forgetting things? I, yeah, like, you know, sometimes I just, like, manically work on, like, crafts and stuff. And, like, you don't know what what you're getting into. So I went there to get stuff and then needed more stuff and then forgot stuff. So, like, they saw me three times today at Blifford. And I'm just, like, they know me by name in there by now. It's, like, I'm a regular at the hardware store. And I think that's how I know that I'm like getting older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like coasting into fatherhood without any children by just like yeah. virtue of going to the hardware store all yeah. the time. Yeah, when I got uh, bird seed to put in my bird feeders in the back. Oh my god, yes. That's like the oldest thing I've heard in a while. Yeah, <laughs> man. When when you're when you become just a recognized patron of a hardware store, that's how you know you're like really ascending into like 
dadhood. You know? <laughs> You're maturing. <laughs> yeah, I yeah I uh, I used to live across the street from Blifford, and uh, I I would usually just go there to um, I would I kept losing my keys, so I constantly had to go in there to get like uh, copies. But I did go to Blifford last winter to get a big bag of of rock salt, and uh, literally. I all I had one job and that was to walk across the street, get the salt, and then come back. On my way back, of course, fucking course, this happens to me. On my literally on my way back, as I'm crossing the street, I slip and eat shit. Ouch! Because of the fucking black ice, um, which is exactly why I got the rock salt. <laughs> so, uh, just my luck. That's how it goes, man. And that man. It's not far off. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not far off. We're going to dip into like the 30s in like a week, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like 40 degree temperature swing. <laughs> no kidding. I'm still sleeping with AC this past week, but yeah, it's going to, we're going to have to, I'm going to have to get bust the weighted blanket back out. Um, it's going to happen real fast. Dude, I'm, I'm ready for it, man. The whole like fall and winter fashion just opens up opens up a whole new world of possibility. Oh yeah, man. What do you what are you wearing there? You're wearing like a sun Dude, this is like star shirt. Dude, this is I I bought this for like weird shifts at foundation. I haven't <laughs> I haven't worn it there yet. I'm waiting for like the right opportunity. But this was full disclosure, this was one of those like shirt designs that like you're just scrolling Instagram. And your like phone yeah. listens to you talk or like what you're looking up online, and it just oh, yeah. it just put this shirt design in front of me, and I'm like, I need to have that. Yeah, that's I I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, well, for one, it's a great shirt. I do love the shirt. I love it, man. It's and like it, it was definitely made um, in a different country because this is a double XL. <laughs> it fits me like a smaller medium <laughs> yeah um and i'm just i'm glad i had the foresight to be like what are the dimensions on this shirt and i looked right. it up and I'm like, oh wow okay yeah i guess i'll get a double xl there you go i um i ran into one of those ads recently um i was scrolling on facebook and you, did you watch spongebob growing up oh my god okay yeah. I'm glad I don't, you don't need any context for this. Uh, I saw with that old, that's the bold and brash, you know, the Squidward shirt, you know, in the artist episode where it's like belongs in the trash. Well, that's on a shirt. And I just, it was literally like tag me, tag someone who would wear this. I'm like, motherfucker, I'll wear this. Yeah. So I bought it. <laughs> so I bought it. Nice. <laughs> and it, yeah, I bought it and it came. But they actually they accidentally sent me two, so um, that was that was um, I posted on Instagram this week. I gave it to my best friend Brock because, um, and I didn't tell him what it was. It was a surprise. I was just like, "Would you wear a large shirt?" I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I have a surprise for you. And Dude, then um, surprise, yeah. Um, but it's just because like you you know how you have like, like you're thinking of like who to give this to there's only one person that pops up in your mind and one person only it was yep. him 
Um, I'm so proud I made that investment. Dude. It's a it's a comfy it's a comfy fit for sure. Dude, that's great. I know the I know the like the Squidward like weird like impressionistic painting of this. <laughs> dude. That's so good. Dude, yeah, and like the short guy, like the short, really like douchey art guy, is like just roasting him so hard in that yeah, episode. I love SpongeBob, man. Like a few years back, I uh, I visited a friend in New York, and, and one of the things that we did is I bought tickets to the SpongeBob Broadway musical, which I didn't know what I was getting myself into yeah. but I bought tickets to it and before I went and saw it I was starting to read all these insane things about it and we went and saw we went and saw it and like I've seen a lot of musicals and plays and stuff and like when I was growing up my parents would take my brother and I to go see this stuff and like when I was a kid I was like what the what the hell is this like yeah yeah. spam a lot like my yeah, right. and the holy grail musical that was like amazing to me but like this spongebob broadway musical was so insanely good like i was so glad i went to see it like they didn't the costume designs and like set designs were so good and creative like they didn't have people like they didn't have a guy in like a spongebob costume they had a guy who wore like the white shirt and suspenders and tie and shorts and tall socks and like was just like his personality was just like perfect for SpongeBob. And like the guy who played Patrick looked like he should be bartending at Foundation and had like a big pompadour and pink shirt and green shorts and like Squid <laughs> Dude. The guy who played Squidward was so fucking good like he had this like it literally looked like that handsome squidward like yeah yeah that you're seeing like it the man looked like that except in real life and he had a pair of pants that had an extra pair of legs sewn on backwards and that was like the only really squidwardy thing that he had about him is like he had an extra pair of legs and like Mr. Krabs was just this like beefy dude with a hearty voice and like oversized boxing gloves on. <laughs> it, was it was so fucking good. Wait, was there a Sandy? Was there Sandy? Yes, dude. Sandy was, I wish I knew the name of, uh, I wish I knew the name of the actress, but she was just, just perfect, dude. Like everyone, you gotta look it up yourself. Like, I will have to. Perfect. I might actually, if it's on YouTube, maybe that's what I'll do uh, later Dude, tonight. Why? Like these big contraptions built in the roof that had like huge balls come down, and like it was, it won a bunch of awards, like that's awesome. awards and stuff. Like, couldn't believe it. Man, that's. Bob. That's awesome, dude. Do you have you ever have the uh, like the SpongeBob uh, like computer games when you were when you were a kid or like the video no. games? Oh, I I I had like all of like the point and click games, you know, where you just take SpongeBob on this like 
this goofy bikini bottom adventure. Yes. Um, I felt like I always wanted to like embody SpongeBob energy, like just because he's so like happy go lucky and it, he's really an adult with a miserable low wage job and he gets horribly like exploited by his boss and he, he turns any negative situation into like something amazing yeah dude. Granted, he's a cartoon so he has like magic and like other stuff at his disposal but like his attitude is just like unbeatable yeah dude um so al what are you um what are you drinking tonight uh some red wine. I was just like cruising through fresh time the other day and I found this random brand called Prophecy with Whoa. this. It's basically the the fool from the Rider Waite tarot deck on there. And I was like, you know what? This sounds like a good idea. Oh, yeah. Nice. And so I got this either yesterday or the day before. I did some cooking with it, made some like scallops and stuff in the kitchen. Oh. It was nice. So I'm just like polishing the bottle off now. Oh, hell yeah, man. Well, well put to use for a little podcast uh, hangout. Well, um, I just kind of realized like I should use this setup that I'm doing right now to just like read stories on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've yeah been, dude, not even gonna lie. I've been listening to this, uh, Rob Inglis guy read Lord of the Rings on audiobook and it's like taking a whole like I've read the book I don't know how many times before but like there's an art of storytelling that's lost when you're just like thinking about it in your head than when you're having like a 70 year old British man read you about like Frodo and Bilbo and Gandalf and stuff it's like (laughs) so autumnal it was Frodo and Bilbo's birthday on the 22nd so I'm just like I need to reread Lord of the Rings but I also have stuff to do so I'm just gonna have this old man read it to me it's amazing that's that sounds real wholesome I I feel like if if you're gonna like because I'm not much of, like, I feel like I'm more of, like, an audio listener. Like, I I, I would prefer to, um, like, listen to a book rather than read it these days. But if that is the most, like, ideal voice uh, to, to hear a kind of epic saga like The Lord of the Rings. Dude, it's like um, David Attenborough in, like, Planet yeah. or whatever. It's just so soothing and amazing. And they took the one ring. They left Rivendell, the Fellowship <laughs> of the Ring, and came to Mordor. They're like, I can see it in my mind. Yeah, dude, I'm part of this Lord of the Rings uh, Shire posting on uh, oh Facebook. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, it's this Lord of the Rings memes. and dude, Endless joy. It is the funniest fucking group, dude. This, <laughs> it kills I'm me. Really like, I don't... I try not to, I basically, like, got off of Facebook. Like, I'm still on Messenger. Like, I check in every now and then just, like, be like, all right, how are these people behaving? Not very well. Okay, I'm, I'm out of here again. But, like, I'm in Instagram for, like, Dune memes, SpongeBob memes, 
Lord of the Rings memes, and then like to try to keep up with like civil rights activities that are happening around the country and like political shit. So those are like two, like this thing is going to make me very angry. I need as many SpongeBob memes to kind of like level that out as possible. Yeah. They're turning Instagram's good for that. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm the, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, um, I, I was just like getting just so like depressed and just despondent watching all of like the horrible things happening in our country and in the world this year. And I had to, I just like, you know, I, it's just, it's too hard for me to cut social media out, especially with like what I do, you know? So I, yeah. So my, my solution is to just join a shit ton of like, meme groups and wholesome posting groups and like animal groups and um you know like amazing places in the world and just like nature and shit like that yeah stuff that's just aesthetically pleasing that can help you kind of it can help relax you like in the middle of an otherwise very troubling feed yep um, yeah. By the way, Al, um, we have a mutual friend. I told her I would shout her out. Um, she's one of my comrades in the PSL, but Rocky. Um, shout out to Raquel. Um, but she said, <laughs> she was excited that I was interviewing you. I love her, Rocky. So what we talk about at Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. Mm-hmm. And I first met you... Um, I think we met over the internet, but we, but like, I, the first time I like saw you perform was when, I believe it was when you did, uh, you played with Amanda Huff at uh, the 88.9 After Party Awards at the Cooperage. Um, was that where we didn't have a bass player and that I just played bass and keys? I believe so. And yeah. Kevin Topol was in the band? I think, yeah. I think so. I think it was, yeah, she had three guys. Yep. And Dan Dahl was the drummer. Yes. Yep. It was a, er, yeah, it was a totally like different lineup for the band than she was used to. Yeah. But that was still a pretty awesome show because. Dude, it was super fun. I'll like, that was a great time. Like I remember her, uh, I remember her telling me she had been like, offered this show but couldn't get her band members together and I was like why don't you do it with like other people like given the amount like the correct amount of time like other people can figure it out right yeah and we did and it was really different and like super fun and like it was a fucking blast yeah man that was a different it was just like a different side of Amanda that night that what I think a lot of people are used to. Cause a lot of times when I've seen Amanda, she's, it's been like stripped down sets with just her and like her like ukulele or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, she, no matter what it is, it's amazing because it's Amanda Huff, mm-hmm. but it was cool to see just that expanded, like kind of like chamber sound that was, 
just really shook the room in just yeah, such dude. a like you know spectacular way um because it was like a full realization of like that like kind of gothic side of her yes and it, it was so cool to see her basically get possessed by her singing like as like the crescendos kicked in and she was just like like doing all this crazy uh handwork and it looked like she was like literally like transforming into some like something like bewitched and it was so so awesome to see and um yeah i i'm excited to hear her new uh project you win as well the it's like a dark pop sort of thing that that show in particular was super fun because i had seen her play a bunch before and then having like having dan doll on drums like he plays big shout out to dan doll yeah shout out to dan doll like uh vic the astral hand calliope moon rats yeah. basically every band i'm in vic is involved um in the middle of a practice the other day, he was just like, you know what, dude, shout out to Dan Dahl. Like he showed up at the perfect time for Calliope to like make sure like he, he came as our like other drummer, Eric, uh, uh, who's also a fucking lights out drummer. Mathematically, his brain is like on another level. Um, but so was Dan's like Dan showed up and filled the shoes and then like evolved when we were like, all right, well, Vic and I were the only guys who were in Calliope. Two different members basically were like, let's just start a new band. We'll write a whole new album together. And like Dan just showed up at the perfect time. And just like, there was, it was a seamless change. Dan's just like a fucking insane drummer. Yeah. And so shout out to him. But yeah, for that show, like having his like big, just he plays big and technically and like he's really good having him and like Topol, like Topol's an insane guitar player. Like when we were practi practicing with him, he just went like DI dry guitar. And like, I remember during those practices being like, are you going to like, bring pedals or like turn up or whatever and then like when we got live he like brought out this pedal board and it just like ch fucking changed everything and it was just like holy shit dude like and i just played fat bass synth and like really basic keyboards and i just sat in the back and then like i let those three like do their thing and it was so fun but like like you said so different from what i was used to seeing from any of her other projects and it was just like i had a fucking blast that night hell yeah dude i'm yeah man i'm excited to see what she does next but also like you know i'm i'm excited i'm we're definitely going to talk about um all your projects now but first al tell me about when you started playing music when did it kind of first really appear in your life oh man i mean i I, uh, I was in like band, like middle school and high school band. 
and um, the song Gone Shootin' by ACDC, uh, be, specifically being on the Beavis and Butthead Do America soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I heard that song, and it was just like, I need to play guitar. And that was the first song I played on guitar. Um, the first, like, rock show I ever played was with, um, it was during our homecoming of my, like, fuck, I don't know, sophomore, junior, or senior year of high school. Like, I played with my band teacher, my art teacher, and, like, the either spring green elementary or middle school band teacher at the time. And like, I could have shit my pants. I was so scared. Did it. It wasn't great, but did it. And like, after that, I remember hearing Booker T in the uh, MG's song, Green Onions. Everyone remembers that song from Sandlot. It's a great song. Yeah. But like that was the song where I was like, I remember asking my high school band teacher, like, what's that song that's got that organ line that's like and he told me what it was and I was like, I have to learn how to play organ now. And then I discovered like when I was like I senior in high school, turning 18, I discovered the doors fucking game over like it's like oh who's this jim morrison guy oh he died already like in the like again the organ playing was almost more uh alluring than like morrison was at all and then i was like wait a minute they didn't have a bassist in their band he played bass with his left hand and organ with his right wow so i bought this Korg bass synth, which I still use to this day. I've had it for, man, 17 years I've had this thing. Like, I've had it for a long time. But I got that in a Farfisa. And I remember jamming out in the middle of the country in Spring Green with, like, some buddies from Arizona. And... Vic Buell found out that I had this Farfisa and he's like, we need to jam with these instruments. And like, we started jamming together with his bandmates who at the time they were in a band called Dance Cadaverous, which was, dude, really insane, like technical, like math metal. Like, I remember seeing them play at the Miramar in, man, it was like 2008 or nine, And it's just like, dude, it was, that was an insane band. Like, if, look them up, you might be able to find them on, like, MySpace or, like, an old band campsite or something. Yeah, I'll have to look into that one. That, that sounds pretty dope. <laughs> but it was, like, it was basically, like, in Milwaukee, it was... It was Vic being like, whoa, you have this old, weird, like, iron butterfly, like, doors organ. We got a jam. And, like, Calliope kind of came out of that thing. And then 
the Delta routine guys. I'm not sure if you were ever familiar with that. Yeah, band, but yeah, yeah. They saw Calliope play, and then Vic and I played in Delta routine for a matter of years, and then fast forward like five more years, and here we are. I got to say, Al, you're, so you said you're from Spring Green. Um, yeah. you, um, so you spent much time at the House on the Rock? Oh, yeah, dude. Like where I was, where I like started jamming with my friends was actually like right down the hill from there. Dude, I mean, I considering the kind of music you play, it's kind of like I mean, it's just super like surreal and psychedelic in there. Oh yeah, I, it's kind of. I mean, I like that kind of stuff, you know, like just that larger than life type shit that doesn't feel that just discombobulates you. Yeah, it, it just. It's kind of, I could imagine you probably, like, thought that place would be pretty cool. Oh, it was, dude, it's awesome. My, like, a buddy of mine's grandfather actually, like, built that place. Damn. <laughs> really? I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name drop him, but he's a, a Milwaukee and L.A. filmmaker who I befriended in the Milwaukee scene once I moved here. That's tight. When, what year did you uh, come to Milwaukee? 2005. Oh, wow. You've been here 15 years. Yeah, dude. So I've been here for a long time. What brought you here? College, baby. You I graduated in 2005, and then I uh, went straight to UW-Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm an alum as well from UWM. I'm from Chicago, but... Uh, came up here for UWM and uh but I'm only two years out so you've just been kind of doing this like scene stuff for like a real long time I'm sure you've probably seen a lot of great bands come and go dude it's hard to keep track of them all to be honest like it's like thinking back on like how bumping places like Hotel Foster and like Linemans used to be bumping all the time time and like man i just played a bunch of shows at public house and now i'm here in public house might be closing down for good like yeah man sad up and under too yep i've played some shows in there too like it's we're just in a accelerate we're at an accelerated rate of change right now yeah in just the i mean in the world but yeah yeah after being like I didn't really meet any musically inclined people until I want to say like 2009 or 10. And that's kind of when Calliope started playing shows. How'd you um, get involved with Moss Folk? Um, we like, I mean, we had become friends just because Calliope had played Psych Fest in like we just befriended Andrew through various shows and stuff. And, um, Shout out to him, by the way, he's a really awesome dude. Dude. I love Andrew. I haven't seen him in a long time and I miss him a lot. And like, dude, we got to their, their bassist, uh, Kevin, when I was playing with them, uh, he was, 
about to have a baby. That's what it was. So he couldn't, he couldn't tour or like just play shows for a while. And so I stepped in like their stuff is very experimental and droney. And like, I was able to pick it up pretty easily, but I was able to go on tour with them in Kikagaku Moyo for like a week, like, man, I don't know, a couple of years ago, like that was a great time playing like smaller venues with Kikagaku Moyo, just opening up for them like five days in a row. It was amazing. I want to say we did, we did something in Milwaukee and then we did like a, a Gabe's Iowa City in a day trotter session. And I, I don't remember if we did something in between there and Denver, but I think our run with them ended in Denver. And that was just a, it was a blast, man. Dude, that's that experience. Like, I mean, it, it's so fabled to me, like touring with, I, I don't even play music, but like just the idea of just touring with some of your like, you know, musical like idols essentially just has to be so mesmerizing because you get to connect with them just on a personal level. And yep. Andrew, I mean, so I'm like, Andrew's, when I interviewed him recently, like he was saying like, you know, he like was in New York and hanging out with the guys from Animal Collective and Black Dice and Gang Gang Dance. And those are like three of my favorite bands. And it's like, man, what I would, what I would give to just, you know. Just kick it with them. Yeah, kick it with New York psych bands. Like yeah. that. Someday, man. <laughs> yeah, but hey, we've got some really fucking awesome Milwaukee psych bands now. And uh, you're in some of them, obviously. So so how did uh, – what happened with Calliope? Like, how did it – what ultimately made it disband? Dude, so a few – man, it was – it was a few years ago, we were contacted by a band named Calliope who existed in the 90s. They were from, I think they're from Eastern Michigan. And like, they just emailed us and were like, yo dudes, like we see you're using this band name. Like we have already used this band name for a while. Like we were signed to labels, we did this and that. And like, at the time, we were just doing Milwaukee shows. Like we might've played in Chicago a time or two, but like fast forward a few years, we released a couple albums and like went out to Denver and went to Austin and like to Asheville, North Carolina and like stuff like that. And like we had been writing new music and it was basically brought up with the band. It's like, yo dudes, like we're all like 30 years old, like clocks ticking. Um, there's a ceiling that we're going to reach. If we want to keep using this band name where somebody is going to tell us we have to stop. And like, we reached out to like, we did research and reached out to, the people who were supposed to own 
copyrights and trademarks and stuff. And like, we were just like, we can, Calliope didn't really represent what we were doing anymore anyway. Like when we wrote, when we started the band, we were doing like this very like psychedelic circus doors, pink, like early Pink Floyd, weird shit. And so like as time went on, it was just like, this doesn't really fit what we're doing anymore. We're more of like a heavy psych band and we're not a circus. <laughs> we're not a circus doors band anymore. Like we had success with two records. Like we've sold out of all of our records. Like, um, but we were just like feeling really good about the music that we were making. And we're like, if we, we want to continue this seriously and like potentially tour and do stuff, we need to find a name that's ours that we made up that is safe using. Yeah. And we had a song on the last Calliope album called Astral Hand. And I looked up the website and Facebook and Instagram and stuff and it wasn't taken anywhere. And so we were just like, this is a great, first it's a, it's a, a band name that sounds like the music that we're making now. And so it, it took a little bit of convincing, but our, uh, our last Calliope show was Halloween of 2018 in the North Avenue Library. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. You know, you know how I actually heard of Calliope the first time? This was before I was even really going to a lot of local shows, but I used to work at Starbucks and my super, my shift supervisor went to like a show of yours and was like, dude, I've been listening to the Marquette. Marquette. Um, my friend Herman. Um, he was my, my supervisor. Uh, he was like, he talked about this band Calliope and that he couldn't stop listening to you. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, it's serendipitous. Um, so, so that's essentially, so Astral Hand basically formed from like the, the, the ashes of the, what Calliope was kind of morphing into. Yeah, yeah. We, we had been evolving since the beginning and it was just, we were kind of put in a position where we were like, you can either, it was either now or never to change it. It was like, we need to, if we want to continue and like invest time, effort and money into an album, we wanted to make it under a name that someone else wouldn't be able to say like, you can't do that. And like eventually we um we got an email in the astral hand email from one of the members of the like Calliope from the nineties and he was just like Hey, so I emailed you guys like four years ago telling <laughs> you about this band name ordeal. And you said that you were only playing like in Milwaukee, et cetera. And as it turns out, you didn't do that. And you went and played in all these other cities. <laughs> it was like, I see that you've changed the band name. 
um, Third Man Records wanted to use their music for a Michigan compilation, but Third Man Records was like, there's this other band called Calliope that could potentially be a problem. And so they emailed us just being like, listen, um, we're in quarantine, we're unemployed, we have a cease and desist written up for you, but it's going to cost us X amount of dollars to serve you. We don't have that money. Could we just reach a gentleman's agreement? And we're just like, this is exactly why we changed our band name. You don't have to worry about us ever again. I was like, we're sold out of everything. We're not making any more merch. We're not posting online. Like, you go do it. Even though this band is nowhere to be seen on any social medias anywhere, it's just like, and guys, yeah, what are they? What are they? <laughs> like, it's yeah, that's that's kind of goofy, but like the the funny the the funniest thing was like their email was like Calliope four twenty at Yahoo. <laughs> Or like hotmail, and yeah. I was just like, I was hot like, you mail. know, we probably, I was like, we probably all get along really well with these guys, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, hotmail. It's like, did they make that in like two thousand eight? Dude, something? probably before then, man. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> hotmail, um, hotmail. Yeah, know. so like, Third Man Records had reached out to them, wanted to give them money for their music. They like many other artists and musicians didn't have money to just pay a lawyer to do that. We're just like, no, dude, we saw this coming. You're good. Yeah. And so Astral Hand started recording in September of last year at Howell Street. And we have, we have a finished album. It's mastered. It's done. We're just like, we're trying to figure out how to release it yeah which is a complex conversation to have right now i mean because it's not like you can have like a release party or anything maybe a live stream at most but yeah yeah like every every record we've released like we do it on we've done it on our own making records cost a few thousand dollars and so like you need well, well i shouldn't say that but you need to make a lot of money on your release party in order to offset the costs of the pressing of your record, which we're not gonna get around here for a long time. So we're basically, we're trying to have a mastered album, a music video and a whole press kit ready before we even like send it off to record labels and stuff because we don't, it's going to be really hard to release it without the help of a record label. Yeah. And we've been doing this long enough where we're just like, we would love to sign with a record label that can like, when the time comes, uh, help put us on tours or like at least put us in connection with touring bands and stuff. Like there are things that certain labels can do that, 
we haven't had access to as just like a DIY band. Yeah. For the last few years. Yeah. Well, I wish you luck, man. I, I really do hope to hear the record soon. Um, we're, so we're, we played our first show in April of 2019. And we've played a couple shows since then. You guys played a uh, Dollapalooza, didn't you? Yeah, that was our second show ever. It was Shout Dollapalooza to... 2018. Shout out to Stacy. Or wait, no, that might have been 20. Would have been 19. It would have been 19. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, dude, that was a fun time. Um, our last show, I believe, was a either a, a Thunderbird wine sponsored event at Boone and Crockett or a Star Wars party at Boone and Crockett. Both of which were ridiculous and fun. Um, but yeah, it's been since December since that band has played. Yeah. But we are going to do a, I mean, I'm gonna knock on wood and just make sure that it's going to happen, but um, hasn't been announced yet, but there's gonna be a um, live stream flannel fest oh. coming out of the Cooperage in early November with a stacked lineup of locals and ask hand is going to be a part of that and we're gonna pull out all the stops for that one yeah it's just like it's hard for me to tune in to live stream shows because like the quality of audio you get from say your iphone or the headphones you're listening to is like so so much lower than what you would get from a room sound right and like at the cooperage we've been doing we've been inviting people to take over our instagram accounts to just broadcast to all of our followers and like hopefully get some tips and stuff but recently they've brought in a group of people to start testing out camp multiple camera live crews and like using the audio from the house board and like broadcasting that onto multiple different platforms and stuff so like that's something we're working on not quite there yet but there will be a couple other um a couple other test runs before uh november 7th which is the planned tentative date for this flannel fest thing and while I haven't been given authorization to uh, promote that, I'm going to do it anyway, because Flannel Fest in the past has been fucking rocking. Yeah. So we're getting ready to invite in a group of camera, like camera crew and a sound crew. We're not going to have people in the building, but we're going to have bands coming in, setting up, playing and leaving and like, broadcasting on multiple platforms instead of just Instagram live. Real quick before we talk about Moon Rats, Al, I want to hear a little bit about like what, like, so I know you drop, you guys have 
as Astral Hand have dropped the single Universe Machine um, about a year and a half ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I know. So what, like, lyrically, like, kind of what is, like, some of the songwriting like on this new record that you guys are talking about? So um, the album itself, like, um, whereas, like, I felt like Calliope kind of, like, whole a whole album had, like, kind of a similar sound. Like, the Astral Hand album traverses what I think is, like, multiple genres. Like, we're... So we recorded that single at Silver City Studios with Chuck Zink and Josh Everett. Yeah. And we just like, we released that ahead of our debut show, which was April 26th, 2019 um, at Company Brewing. Just as some, just as a way to be like, we're this other band, we're not, this isn't going to be Calliope, just a heads up. So like, we've even re-recorded that song with Shane Hotchstetler from Howl Street at the helm. And it's just like, similar but different. But like, the songwriting, like, it's, it's got Blade Runner themes. It's got Dune themes. It's got like, Heavy Psych doom like d-o-o-m as opposed to yeah 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 (laughs) frank herbert um there's like some heavy pink floyd vibes going on in there it's just like it's way more cinematic um there are multiple songs that are like i think there are two songs that are like seven minutes long Mm. Um, the single that we're going to release is almost like 80s pop music but it's still like really reverby and synthy but there are like very lyrically there's very like cosmically themed things happening and like like the single that we're going to be releasing is it can be seen as either searching for like life outside of planet earth or it could be searching for something or someone that's like very far away or not knowing if there's anything else out there like that there's there are two songs on the album that are blatantly about Frank Herbert's Dune series that like I jokingly um, brought up the possibility of leaking or releasing one song, which is going to, it's titled God Emperor, which is, I want to say the third book in the Dune series, but it's like without being completely explicitly about that universe, like 
it kind of is like <laughs> but it's the album itself is without a doubt like as a group our best work that we've done um having shane at howell street was like that was our first experience not doing an album ourselves and it was just like it's a game changer and he's an amazing engineer and he just he knows how to bring the best out of the bands that come into his studio and he did that with us and he's stoked about it and we're stoked about it <laughs> hell yeah i'm stoked about it al i'm stoked about it um easter egg for you uh shane i recorded an episode with him which will be out soon nice yeah dude talking to shane is a trip like dude it's great we loved going in there like we we did recording with him from september of last year until after the stay at home order oh, so yeah. like we record we were doing recording with him for six months and like a lot of it was like the vocals and stuff were i just finished them in my house because we were so worried about going places like there was a stay at home order and honestly like the best work that i put on the album was just recorded upstairs and then sent off to him and he like eq'd it and put all the right tools on it and stuff and it's just like we're stoked about it. We just we just gotta we literally just gotta make album art and make a music video and hopefully we can find a label to put it out. Right. Yeah, we'll be looking for that. We um, might be sneaking up sneaking a single or two out in the next couple months, who knows? Oh how I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Me too. I love your sound, so even with just with that single, so I'm looking forward to just that prog, spacey, psych shit. Uh, love it. Love it so much. So tell uh, me about uh, Moon Rats and uh, how, like, we haven't really talked about how the band formed, like where that came from and where you guys are at now. Dude, so 2015, I'm going to say, uh, I became a fan of a band called Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats. And I'm going to put sole responsibility of formation of Moonrats on that band and seeing that band live. And again, Vic Buell showed me this band and I was like, this band's got to be from the sixties or seventies. Like it sounds old, but it's like they, their riffs and their like lyrical content is so like, spooky and fucking amazing and their their style is just vintage which is right up my alley and like listened to their albums saw them live drove to denver just to see them with a couple friends of mine in 2015 oh. and soon after um i was writing demos on guitar which i, ne I never did that for calliope or anybody else like just stuff that didn't fit into that wheelhouse at all it was too like stoner rock like doom stuff and my buddy brent who was in a milwaukee band called sonic j back in the day um calliope played 
are some early shows with them at like BBC and Stonefly before it was Company Brewing. Um, but they, as a band, moved to Minneapolis for a few years, and we we would play up there with them at Kitty Cat Club. And he eventually hit me up in while I was in the process of writing these like heavy like stoner doom songs and sonic j was like a three-piece stoner like stoner rock amazing stoner rock band from milwaukee and he hit me up and he's like hey i'm moving back to milwaukee he's a drummer by the way of moon rats and so i immediately was like hey i have all these demos perfect timing and so it was just like lightning struck and we started playing these songs together. And initially I invited Vic from Astral Hand and Anthony from Astral Hand to be in the band just cause I mean, we were all buddies. Like we all knew each other. And like I was telling you before you started recording, every song is in the same key. It's like, we're not in that first album. It was, we weren't trying to be super technical and like didn't really see a need to move the chords around and stuff. And like, as it turned out, like keeping everything in one key made it really easy to like bring other people in to play with the band. So we eventually brought in our friend Nathan, who was in animals and human attire on keyboards and like Kevin Topol played a song or played a show with us on guitar. And it was like, it was really easy to make it happen on short notice. And a few years, like right before we started doing the Astral Hand stuff, Brent, the drummer and I uh, escaped to the North Woods and we recorded pretty decent demo tracks for a second album, which is a a sequel to our first album, which was called Highway Lord. And like, we didn't mean it to be, but the album Highway Lord became a concept album. Like it kind of follows a story of this very like Aragorn Strider-esque wanderer on a motorcycle with a sword. It's like nerds meet biker culture. A Dunedine Ranger. Dude, exactly. And like this That's okay. If Aragorn, if Aragorn was like, if he did exist, like he would totally be like a biker, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like you can't, <laughs> you can't ride horses across the whole country anymore. No, man, he'd be a he tor- need for speed. Yeah, he'd be on a chopper, definitely. But so, like, <laughs> it wasn't until after we recorded the album that it kind of we realized that it was conceptual and there was like kind of a story to it. And then he, wait, no, it was he, Miles Coyne, who had joined the band and myself, I can't remember if Vic was with us or not, but we went up, we watched Akira, we watched Princess Mononoke and like some, like maybe Cowboy Bebop or something. And then we like, we had a writing session slash recording session. And so we have like 
a two-year-old concept album that's got seven or eight songs that continue the story of this like highway lord character but maybe like a generation or two down the line and it's like it happened like i wrote that music at the time where calliope was also transitioning into astral hand and it kind of adopts a new writing style like a more conscious writing style and there's more like melodic movement and like instead of just like chunky riffs there's more there's just more texture and layering and it's more thought out and it just kind of that added to the, like the astral hand album too where it's like we should think about this more before we like write it and like create these melodies and these interesting things that happen instead of just like fucking playing rock and roll and psych rock like through these songs like moon rats kind of taught me that there's value in the space between notes and like it's more of this like thin lizzy type prog metal as opposed to like this really drony stoner doom stuff that we had on our first album oh, yeah. but we got to get the astral hand album out and finished before we can backtrack and finish the next moon rats album damn so you've got you've got quite a back catalog right now we're juggling everything right now <laughs> yeah. man I, I mean dude Al, you make great songs. You do. And I mean, I say that just on behalf of listening to like both projects, like, you know, your songs. I appreciate that, man. And I mean, it's by no means all me. Like, I'm not well, yeah. the person doing it, but. Well, right, right. But, you know, you are, you know, you're definitely like an instrumental component of it. And it's you know, what both projects are just a really cool exploration of like things that are so detached from civilization and take you out of the present moment into this, you know, this, you know, phantasmagorical reality of like space and deserts and other planets and places you know, we rather wish that we were. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And I mean, uh, you know, and stuff like that, like, plays on, like, you know, our curiosities in such a fun way. And that's why I love psychedelic music a ton. And um, yeah, I I mean, I look forward to hearing what you guys have in the chamber. And um, that leads me to my last question here is, um, if you had the, Al, I'm just curious, because it's, you gravitate so much towards this kind of music is like if you could go out into space would you it would be terrifying but i think as a like i don't even like flying on airplanes <laughs> like i don't mind the act of it as much as like the song and dance that happens beforehand and like the 
like the bureaucracy of going through a fucking airport and being searched and like the inefficiency of search policies, which I've firsthand seen without, I'm not even going to say what I accidentally brought onto a plane, but it shouldn't have been on a plane. And I brought it onto a plane by accident and like, Airport, I don't like airports. If I was an astronaut that could fly myself into space, I would much rather prefer that than being a passenger. Maybe I'm a control freak, I don't know. If you could safely, <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. If you could safely explore one planet in, this, in the Milky Way, what would it be? Oh, like dude. I've been listening to Neil deGrasse Tyson's uh, Star Talk podcast. Yeah. And like, he just, on this like Cosmic Queries edition, he just answers like fan questions and they ask questions a lot like that. And it's like, honestly, I would just, I would love to just fly around the solar system. Like, it would be really tight to go on to Mars though. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Mars is the most... Moon. Like, it would be really tight to go on the moon. But, like... Right. Well, you are a moon rat, so, I mean, you, you have to go to the moon, but... Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel like Mars is very romanticized, but I honestly think if you could safely travel on... Um, Honestly, I think Mercury is pretty cool. I've always oh, thought Mercury was dope. That would, dude, I feel like there is a level on Star Fox 64 where you're basically like on Mercury. Where, like, man, the, in, like, I got my degree in geology and geophysics. So, like, the temperature pressure environment that's going on on that planet is just like, it's unbelievable. Like, what the fuck is, like, you're, like, talking about, like, liquid metal on the surface of that planet. Where, like, I guess, okay, now that I'm thinking about it, I would like to go to either Jupiter or Saturn. Not onto the planet itself, but more to, like, see the moons that are flying around it. Yeah. That would be, that's a, actually a good good analysis there i mean that those are often overlooked too because i mean those are just giant gaseous bodies it's not like you can walk even if you even if you did you just disappear after a while you know like so yeah and there, I would, there are like there are moons around both of those planets that they theorize that they're they could be like semi-earth-like where they have an atmosphere and like ground like it's obviously going to be really fucking cold out there but like you got cool moons like europa and titan and like around jupiter like who is the planet of zeus like it's just sick yeah <laughs> there's a whole nother podcast we could talk about space oh yeah absolutely we will but it does have like a big 
uh, impact on it has had a big impact on the creative process on like the bands and the lyrics and the music and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, man. Congrats, Astral Hand. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, Al, as we're closing out here, tell me what keeps you up at night. Oh, man. Usually, um, usually marathoning episodes of Dragon Ball Z, to be honest. <laughs> dude, you I've seen been like on a tear through, so... DBZ, hardcore DBZ fans will know. Back in the 90s and 2000s, like, when people my age were watching it on TV, it had this awesome, like, synth-driven soundtrack by this guy named Bruce Falconer. And it has been, since then, redubbed with just this, like, kind of lame like really old orchestral music and it was only until recently that i found a dvd box set online with the option of being able to watch with the old music that like i watched it to when i was like in middle school and high school and so i bought it and like literally I've been staying up late as fuck watching Dragon Ball Z episodes. Oh, hell yeah, dude. That's, that's pretty dope. But I mean, like, on a, like, things that keep me up at night versus, like, why I'm staying up late, like, there's a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I think, um, I think there's a lot to keep us up at night right now in uh specifically in america yeah ought to be very nervous about and apprehensive about and yeah i agree potentially hopeful about yeah i yeah i agree um i don't know what why you stay up late part though you seem like a guy that appreciates ren and stimpy oh my god yeah dude okay Okay. I still have teeth dreams because of that show. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, my dad, um, that was actually honestly before my time, but like my dad put me on to Ren and Stimpy when I was a kid. So like I grew up with it in the same way I grew up with SpongeBob. And that show is. It's a nightmare. So, it is so fucking bizarre, dude. It's one of the weirdest shows ever to. What at one point in history was deemed appropriate for kids? Yes, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. I love those like insane, like blotchy backgrounds and like the music. Like the music is really messed up in that show. Yeah, it's so like schizophrenic, and like Ren is just a psychopath, and Stimpy is just his doofus sidekick that everyone loves, and it like. I, yeah, I think that Ren and Stimpy just developed, it developed, like, an appreciation at a young age for, like, just really raunchy, dark comedy for me. But, yeah, Ren and Stimpy, hell yeah, man. 
Um, I literally still have nightmares where I like grind my teeth out like he did in that one episode of like where he like <laughs> he has like gingivitis or whatever and like he's like sleeping and grinding his teeth out and then he has nothing left but his nerve endings. Yeah, yeah. And I know it's takes the tweezers and fucking pulls his nerve endings out. It's like what have you done to me? Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That episode yeah, I know which one you're talking about where like the flies are so disgusted by his <laughs> stinky gum holes. Yeah, I know exactly which episode you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Not good. Not Dude, good. man, that shit is just so whack, bro. It could have been because of that show, but I still have yet to this day. I'm, I'm 33 years old. I've never had a cavity. Damn, I just went to the dentist like two weeks ago, and I just got two filled. Um, Good for you. Good for you. I also haven't been to the dentist in like a few years so like maybe i have them and i just don't know about it yeah maybe you should maybe you I should probably go to the dentist yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> uh, al what puts you to sleep though the rain, rain rain app oh nice dude if you're not familiar with it like i mean i live on center street so it gets like really loud especially in the summertime when you gotta have your window open like people are like crashing in front of my house and like shooting guns and yelling and like there's dogs barking and stuff so like there's this app that you can just like make it sound like rain and a campfire and like all this other random shit so i have that in a mushroom shaped himalayan salt lamp as a nightlight and that shit puts me to sleep there you go man or maybe i get a zombie from foundation and like that might help too Oh, yeah. For me, it's the ASMR provided by my AC unit. Oh, well, yeah, dude. I have well, a fan next to my bed, too, but it's almost getting past fan season, even. Yeah, it is. Well, thank you for being on the show, Al. Um, I had a lot of fun talking to you and hanging out. I mean, you, I mean, I, I, as I've stated before, like, I mean, I really dig your music, but I'm excited to see what you continue to um, uh, release with Moon Rats and Astral Hand. And uh, let's hang out. Let's, dude, let's like. Dude, we'll do it in real life one of these days. Yeah, let's let's get a drink for real. Like, we, you and I need to keep chopping it up, dude. For real. I can do it, bud. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks for having me.